14th will be Brother Randy, and we'll have our church meal on that day as well. And so they always seem to enjoy uh, the church meal because they get to eat a lot of southern food. You know, they go, uh, go all over the country and in Canada, and, uh, and uh, they don't always get to eat country cooking, you know. The, uh, and they even like country cooking that I don't like, right? They like beans and greens, and, and that's kind of stuff that i um, not really a fan of, but um, that's okay, you know. So we're here to be a blessing to other people, so... Uh, and really, in my heart, I desire to be a blessing to you all. You know, you all can have all the greens that you want, you know. I'm not selfish in that at all. Uh, and so, but the Lord is good, amen. Uh, and so, um, uh, why don't we pray and we'll get started into the Word tonight. So, Father, we do thank you for your Word, and we thank you for blessing us each and every day. We thank you for your goodness and kindness, Father, that you speak to us, show us your love, Father, uh, both by Word, but also by action. And so, Father, you just didn't stay in heaven and tell us that you loved us. He sent your very own son to show us that you love us. And so we thank you, Father, for the actions of your love. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open our Bibles up to the book of Philippians. Uh, we'll continue there tonight. Uh, we finished up last week with uh, uh, Philippians 2.14. And you've all probably been praying all week that I don't mention that verse again, ever again. But um, uh, I don't know if you have it now, but... Uh, but I think it'd be good to mention it one more time, right? It says, do all things without murmuring and disputing. And of course, that word murmuring is complaining, right? Uh, it, grumbling and muttering. Uh, disputing is criticism, skeptical questioning. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the thing I love about the Word of God is it doesn't give you a lot of wiggle room, right? It doesn't give you a lot of, a lot of, of uh, loopholes. So, you know, if it said, do all things without murmuring and disputing unless people are real mean to you, see, then you got a loophole, right? So you don't have to be, you don't have to not murmur or complain if they're unkind to you, right? Do all things without murmuring and disputing as long as your boss is a good boss, right? Do all things without uh, murmuring and disputing as long as your pay is good. Do all things without murmuring and disputing as long as they treat you well. Do all, th any loopholes like that at all? No loopholes, right? So unfortunately, uh, do all things without murmuring and disputing applies to every area of your life, right? Uh, and so I remember um, uh, this one fella, uh, I was talking to him one time, and, and uh, you know, we have to be careful about um, that, the, that the most important thing about our lives is what you think about me. Because if, if that's important to me, then what, then what I'll do in my life is I'll give you the appearance of the person that I want you to think that I am, as opposed to what's more important to me is just who I am. And then you'll see who I am anyway. Uh, and so, you know, that, and that happens a lot in the church where we're, we're kind of trained to have an appearance, to look a certain way, to talk a certain way, to interact a certain way. But the problem with if it's only for show, when reality sets in, then our heart shows up, right? Remember, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, a lot of times Christians in, in their uh, endeavor to be a polite person will mask what they say and hide what they normally would say because they're in polite company. But, you know, when they get around the, the, the uh, other people or certain circumstances, all, everything will come out. And it's like, wow, where'd that come from? Well, that was there all the time, but you were masking it before then, right? And so you were hiding it before then. Uh, and so this fellow comes, comes into church one day and, um, you know, it was sometime during the week. And I said, how's work going? Well, I can't stand that place, you know. And I'm thinking, you mean the place that provides food? Because he was the only breadwinner in his family, you know, the, the place that provides food for your family that allows you to have funds to pay your mortgage, that gives you money to give to the Lord. You mean you hate that place? And I thought, that's really, you know, that's really sad that, of course, you know, he may not have read this particular verse in Philippians chapter 2, but, um, but it was still there, right? And so, that's, but it's really sad that, uh, um, you know, that, that now, are you, it doesn't say, um, do all things without murmuring and disputing and enjoy everything, or be glad that everything is, is the way that it is. Well, no, you don't have to like necessarily that, you know, your boss treats you mean, you know, who would like that, right? You're not required to enjoy that, you're not required to be glad for that. You can be glad in the midst of that. But, uh, you know, sometimes in the church we're taught, well, you should be thankful when people treat you bad. Well, you know, there is scripture that talks about being thankful when people uh, persecute you for righteousness sake. Well, that's fine, right? Because you're, 
really you're thanking the Lord that you're found worthy to suffer for him. And that, that's fine, right? But you're not thankful for the, for the suffering. You're not thankful for what they're doing to you. You're not thankful for the unkind words. You're not thankful for the situation. But, um, uh, and so, so we just have to be careful in those situations that, uh, you know, we need to do the word all the time, amen? Not when it's convenient, not when things are good. You know, when it's good, it's easy to be good, right? When it's good, it's easy to, to, to not complain. If everybody treated you perfectly well, and your boss was the best boss in the world, and your pay was the best pay in the world, and all the planets were in alignment for you every day, and all the lights were green for you every time you came to them, it's easy to, to not murmur. You know, murmuring is not, is not a temptation when things are perfect, amen? Murmuring is a temptation when things are not perfect. Well, what world do we live in? We live in an imperfect world, amen? Anybody live in this world? Anybody here not live in this world? If you live in this world, then it's not perfect, right? Uh, and so as long as we're in this world, things are not going to be perfect, right? The lawnmower is going to break down sometimes, you know, and uh, things are going to, you know, the weed is going to run out of a string and, you know, uh, the, the dogs uh, get mean, are mean to the cats and the cats are mean to the dogs and things just happen, right? And, and we're not professing that. We're not, our faith is not nothing works. You know, my faith is that everything works, but, you know, I can't use that faith to go beyond uh, beyond just this whole sinful world that we live in this sinful world. And so there are some things that we have to go through and deal with uh, that uh, not from the Lord's suffering, not the Lord to teach us patience, but just life. And we have to overcome, right? This is the victory that overcometh the world. And so if the world was perfect, there would be nothing necessary to overcome. There are things to overcome. There are situations to overcome. There, there are words that you have to overcome. Uh, and so... Uh, if our response is to murmur or to complain and to uh, criticism and skeptical questions, uh, you know, and uh, of course we talked really more about murmuring than anything, but, you know, the, the disputing, which is criticism and skeptical questions, I always find it uh, uh, interesting when people uh, have criticisms and skeptical uh, questionings about those in authority. Uh, and, and, you know, and we see, you know, uh, see this in every spectrum, right? We see this uh, where people uh, complain about the president. Now, now, are we required to like everything that the president does? No. I mean, I, you want a list of things I'm, I'm not uh, uh, approving of that the, that the president does? But I can give you a list of there's no president I've ever seen that's perfect, right? I can give you a list of any president of things that we don't love. But do I, do I complain about him or do I criticize him and have skeptical questions about, about that? Uh, but I've seen that, in that, that disputing's really... I've seen that, and my observation is that comes uh, in relation to those in authority, both directly over you, like your boss, your parents, you know, um, but also in people who aren't directly over you but are still uh, in leadership uh, in the government in, in some places. And again, we're not required to approve of, of uh, uh, illegal actions that are going on, right? We're not a, required to approve of things that are going on that are against the law. Uh, and even against morals and ethics, right? We're not required to approve of that. Um, but you just got to be careful about these things because uh, if you're a very critical person, uh, and, you know, uh, when I get done with this message, I'm going to have to make a copy and listen to it myself, right? So, uh, you know, this, this is, this is a, a sermon that for sure, uh, I suspect anyway, that we're all in the same boat right here. You know, there might be, you know, I'm not going to take a poll or anything, but, but uh, as often, you know, uh, it's unfortunate I'm standing on this side of the pulpit because I really should be sitting down there listening to the same message, right? So, so if you, none of you all here, it's fine because I'm preaching all of this to myself as well. So I just want you to know all that, right? So, so because as I mentioned last week, you know, there, this is definitely an area that I need to improve upon. Then I have uh, done some uh, improvements over the years as the Lord has showed me, but I can see just even in studying this that there, there are still additional questions. But I, I see this so oftentimes in the ministry uh, uh, where people love to rag on those in the ministry. And they just, uh, and, and not only, you know, of course, you know, I'm talking about the local church, but, but also just any other, anybody else. Uh, and, I, you know, I remember I, uh, I had a fella that I was good friends with when I, I worked um, in, in my first job after I got out of college. And, and he, he loved the debate part of Christianity, right? He loved debating and arguing the points, you know. And it wasn't about finding the truth. It was just about, can I outwit you, you know? And so, well, is that the goal, to just act smarter than me? I mean, let's find the truth, right? Because the truth is smarter than all of us. But, uh, 
Uh, and so, and what happens a lot of times is people will find some doctrine that they don't like. And then they'll find the worst person in the world who's espousing that doctrine and say, well, see, this person's saying this doctrine, so therefore it can't be so. And they use that person and that personality of that person to do away with the Word of God. And it's like, well, that still doesn't fly with the Lord. It doesn't matter. because We read earlier in Philippians, Paul said, you know, whether pretense or any other reason, if they're preaching the gospel, it's still okay. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, to judge somebody like that, first of all, you don't know them, right? But but there was, uh, there was a fellow, uh, anybody remember Ernest Angley, right? I think we've mentioned it before. And he was a super flamboyant. I'm sure he's gone home to be with the Lord by now. I mean, that was a thousand years ago, and he was fairly old back then, so I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, he's a super flamboyant uh, Pentecostal preacher, right? He's the one that'd be healed, and he'd say that. And he'd be, you know, he couldn't just be, you know. And, and, and now look, is there any prescription in the, Lord, uh, in the Word of God about how you lay hands on people? I mean, you know, I, I don't really care. If there's an anointing, do it, you know, slap it on me, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, but, but he loved to rag on Ernest Ainsley, right? Uh, and um, uh, it wasn't you had a story with him that uh, he sent you guys, some, uh, or you sent him some money, that, and, he, and he actually paid it back, right? Isn't that the story? Your mother-in-law? Yeah. Yeah. So your mother-in-law sent Ernest Langley some money, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, never see that money again? Yeah, yeah. For $2,000, right? So, so, of course, uh, you may not have heard the story, but his, his mother-in-law... Uh, uh, sent Ernest Angley a thousand dollars because he promised in five years. Oh, she sent five thousand. Well, how long ago was this? This was a long time ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So he asked for five thousand. Oh, he asked for money, and she sent him five thousand. He said, "I'd double it within five years." <laughs> for five years, he fussed about. All you gotta do is wait, right? Just, just you don't know. Just wait for five years. Yeah, and so, so his mother-in-law sent Ernest Ainsley five thousand dollars because he promised I'd, I'll double it in five years. Now that's pretty good because I can't tell you how many other stories we've heard where ministers said, "You send me five thousand dollars, I'll send you a string." And it'll make you lose weight, you know. And of course, it doesn't work that way. But um, uh, but uh, he is a man of his word, right? And, and people, well, that was wrong. Well, why why do you think that's wrong? Who are you to judge, right? I mean, if that if he's, he he that's the deal he made, right? Did he force anybody to send him money? No. So what's it to you, right? Well, you think that's wrong? I have no judgment about that at all. No opinion about it. Because if he said if you send me money, I'll double it in five years. And if that's what he did, seems like he's a man of his word to me, right? So. Uh, but he was an easy target for those who were Pharisees in the, in the church, right? Because he was flamboyant and he was boisterous and how he did things. It was, you know, a lot of showmanship. And that's not my, that's not my uh, flavor. That's not my personality. But I'm not him and he's not me, right? So I need hymns in the world. I need, you know, you all need me in the world. Uh, and so, but so this friend of mine said, what do you think about Ernest Ainsley? Uh, and, and um, you know, and I knew what he was trying to get. He's trying to get me to to have criticism against this man. I don't even know him, right? I, I've never met him, and, and I've seen him on TV. Uh, he's trying to get me to criticize him and, and have skeptical questions. Well, anybody who, who combs a hair like that can't be of God, you know. Uh, I mean, how much how much flack did Benny Hinn get over the years for his hair? I mean, his hair, right? You don't like his hair. I mean, uh, President Trump, how much flack did he get over his hair and his orange skin, right? I mean, I don't want orange skin or hair like that. You know, I don't want to comb over, but who cares, right? You think a billionaire could buy a comb or something? I don't know, but, you know, none of my business, right? Uh, and and uh, why am I going to criticize him over his hair? Uh, and and whatever, you know, but... Uh, and so I said, well, I said, when I get as many people saved as Ernest Ainsley has, uh, maybe I'll have something to say, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe when I'm standing in the office of the president, 
I can criticize those that have stood in the office of the president because it's not an easy job. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your capability is, it's not an easy job. Uh, but, you know, and, and I have seen this, I've seen this with people, especially church people, and the ones that I've seen the worst with is, is the people that know the most about the Word of God or who think they know the most about the Word of God. Because it seems, because we know that the Word of God says that knowledge puffeth up. And, and it's really easy, if you're not careful, the more you know, the, the easier it is to become prideful thinking that you know everything. But, you know, what's the measurement? Is the measurement of how much I know compared to how much you know? You know, no doubt there's people in here that know way more than I know about any topic, right? Pick a topic. Okay, you probably know more than I know about that topic, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, but it's just really easy to get in pride the more we know. And then what happens when, when, when a minister stands up, and I've seen it in the local church, I've seen it in this church, when, when I stand up and say something, people are going like, that's not really what it means. You know, that's not really what it says. And uh, in fact, you know, back, if you remember when I used to have my office here, right, there was no ceiling in the office. So if you're talking outside my office, I'm standing right there with you, right, even though I'm in my office, right? And so one day after church, you know, I'd been preaching my faith, and, and, and uh, knucklehead number one was talking to knucklehead number two, and they were saying, that's not really what faith means, you know, everything, you know, and they went on this whole thing, and I'm thinking, you're not even close to right, you know. Not even close to right, but no, they didn't ask me, and they didn't say, "Hey, you know, Pastor, can we ask some questions about this?" You know, it wasn't about finding out the truth; it was about criticizing, right? And look, it doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, right? It doesn't mean we have to even agree what the Word says. But there's a difference between dis being disagreeable and criticizing, right? You know, there, I, I could tell you not many, but you know, a handful of things that over the years my pastor said. You know, I don't, I don't really see it that way, you know. Uh, but I never criticized him and, and gossiped about him behind his back. I can't believe he, I can't believe he said that. You know, that's not even right. It, it's, uh, it, it's a violation of, you don't want a whole list of scriptures that's a violation of. It's a list of a whole list of, of violation, right? Pride, arrogance, you know, criticism, you know, I mean, just all kinds of things that the Lord does not take kindly towards, right, uh, that we do. Uh, but it's really easy for a... a uh, 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 a person in a, in a local church to criticize the pastor uh, if their heart is not to be a servant, right? If your heart's to be a servant, easiest thing in the world to attend a church, right? Because you're just glad to be there. You're glad to help the pastor. You're glad to do whatever you can. You're glad, you know, I remember there was a story about this one pastor. He was like 80-something years old, been the same pastor forever at this church. Uh, and um, he taught on, on the same verse for 52 weeks for a year on love and so people start murmuring oh, he he must be he must be losing his mind he, he must be senile now you know he, he must not he must really not know what's going on you know he just thinks he hasn't talked on this verse before and so what's that yeah yeah and, and so finally someone went up and said pastor why do you keep using the same verse why do you keep preaching on the same verse he said well i i just figured uh, uh i'll preach it until you get it and then when you get it, I can go on to something else. But so they hadn't learned about love because he's teaching about love. And the very thing they're doing is a violation of the concept of love, right? If I loved you, would I gossip about you and backbite you and, and, and criticize you behind your back? No. So it seemed like more love needs to be taught, right? Uh, and, um, and, and I think, you know, in, in my observation is 99% of people in the church, you know, love the Lord and, and are good to the pastor. It's, it's the 1%, you know, so for me to always gripe and complain about you know, because I'd be doing the same thing that they're doing, gripe and complain about all these people in church doing these things. They're not all doing these things. I'm, vast, vast majority of people are not doing those things. But it's the one or two people out of a hundred that are annoyingly uh, obnoxious and, and consume all the energy in the church to deal with that sin, right? To deal with their sin of, of being prideful and arrogant. Uh, and, and, and it's just a shame. You know, I see, I see it so many times in the church. I've seen it in big churches, I've seen it in small churches, you know, people come into this church and they want to take it over, you know. I had one fella come and visit one time at church many years ago, and at the end of the church he said, well, what your church needs to do in all these small churches, you need to shut down and come join with me in this building way over there, you know. And I'm saying, well, what, what would I do there? Well, you know, there's not enough people in that church really to support the church. Like, there's enough people in our church to support our church. You also... Everything you see here been paid for you all in the church, right? And so it seemed like we're doing pretty good to me. We got any debt? We don't have any debt. Uh, and so I think we're doing pretty good. Don't you think we're doing pretty good, especially for our size? Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll get more people. 
And, well, you, you know, you just shut down. And, and um, I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to travel, and you guys are going to pay for me to travel. <laughs> There's something wrong with this picture, right? You, uh, and so it, was, it had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with the ministry. It had everything to do with his bank account, right? He wasn't even bold enough to say, send me $5,000. I'll, I'll double it in five years, you know. Uh, uh, he just wanted you to give me money, and, and, I'll, and, and thank you. You know, I'll move on from there. Uh, so, uh, so verse 14 is a verse that requires a lot of meditation, right, on our part. Uh, muttering it to ourselves, going over and over, and, um, uh, you know, uh, saying these things. And one of the things that you'll find, like with... Um, now, probably the person I know that has done this verse better than anybody else, Kenneth Hagin. Uh, because you could ask him about anybody in the world, he would never criticize anybody. Never. And he decided to do that a long time ago. And, 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 and I, I think, I'm thinking about just criticizing him for, for being able to do that so well, you know. Uh, and so, <laughs> but he did. He just would not criticize anybody about anything, you know. Even if they said terrible, and they did, they would say terrible things about him that he's a charlatan, that he's just out for people's money, uh, that, he, that he's, he's not telling the truth. And, and, and it's like, wow, you know. Uh, you know and, and the thing is, I have followed his ministry for many years, and if there's any negative in his ministry, and, it, and that's not to, it's not that I worship him, it's just that he, he led a life that I hope to be able to, to, uh, to emulate uh, to a great extent before I leave this earth that I can be the same person he was that would not criticize and walk in love regardless of what people said against him. Uh, and, and I, you know, just, just in that, you know, I, I've still got a long ways to go, right? Or, and I've come a long ways, but I've still got a ways to go, amen? Uh, but we're going to make improvements every day, every year, amen? Uh, and so, so it's, just, it's just a good verse because uh, that verse ties in with verse 15. And verse 15 says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So there's a reason why Paul said, do all things without murmuring and disputings that you may be blameless and harmless. And so if, if we are people who murmur and dispute or people that grumble and criticize uh, and complain, he said that means that we are, we are to be blamed and we are not harmless. We are harming other people. Because when you're complaining, you're typically complaining about other oh, people. Now, you be, may be complaining about the weather. It's so hot out there, you know. I, I understand it. You know, we can talk about the weather. And that's not to say that we can't talk about situations, right? We ought to be able to. We're adults. We ought to be able to talk about. But we all know when, when we cross over, you know, from... from uh, just talking about something to criticizing something, right? We can talk even about the failures of other people. Hey, you know, you know this happened. Well, yeah, you know. Uh, and there's a place that you can do that without complaining and murmuring and disputing and, and, and um, uh, criticizing. You know, there, there's a place that you can do those things. And I think it's fine to do those things to an extent, right? Until it crosses over into these areas. Now, what happens a lot of times is we'll try to put lipstick on our complaining, right? Well, you know, um, and, and just the tone of our voice, we try to mask the actual complaint, but it's still a complaint, you know, and the Lord knows your heart. So don't try to hide it because that makes it even worse because the Lord, the Lord still knows your heart. Amen. So Paul was saying that, that the problem with, with uh, murmuring and disputing is that we, uh, that, uh, we will, will not be without blame. So who's going to be blaming us? Well, the Lord is, right? He's the judge. Who's going to be judging us that would cause us to be uh, in blame? Well, the Lord will, right? Not the, not the media, not the government, not the police department. It's the Lord himself, right, that's going to be judging us, and, and we will not be blameless then. And then harmless. So, so he's saying that if we are doing these things, then we're bringing harm into people's lives. And, and a lot of people do that. You know, and the thing that really hurts my heart more than anything is not when I hear somebody complaining or murmuring about my ministry, it's what are they doing to the person that they're talking to? Because, you know, there's lots of things that I could say to, like, my wife, for example, uh, discuss certain situations that I can't discuss with other people because they couldn't handle that, right? They couldn't handle me talking about it because then they would start having ill thoughts or ill will against somebody else. And if I need to talk to her about a circumstance, and I don't tell her about everything, but if there's something I need to talk, I can talk to her about it because she's a mature Christian. And, but uh, but if, I, if I talk to like that to somebody else, 
you know, then they're going to have ill thoughts or ill will or uh, have unkind thoughts or unkind uh, desires against somebody else, maybe even get an unforgiveness towards them. And then what have I done? I've harmed that person. I've harmed the person I'm, I'm criticizing too, right? And, and of course, the person, you know, and then that person I'm talking to, they're going to have ill will towards the other person. And so then that other person is being harmed and they don't even know it. You know, you're talking about somebody else, you know, talking about somebody else to someone, well, that, that subject of your conversation is getting harmed. So why would you harm them? And he said, you're, you're not harmless. Now, who's the judge? Who's going to decide that? The Lord is. And, and, and the thing that you've got to be careful about is many times we will try to excuse our actions to each other. Well, you, just, you know, I just needed to tell you that. But you know whether or not it was there with the, that intent or it, with the intent to bring harm to that person. Right. And so when you start doing these things to somebody else uh, about someone, you're not only harming, harming the person you're talking to, you're also harming the person you're talking about. So uh, so you've got to be careful about that because he said we're sons of God. So are we all sons of God? He said we are all sons of God. Amen. And, and of course, you know, that includes the women, too. But he said that we may be blameless and harmless. So, so we want to be blameless and harmless. So we can't complain and, and, and murmur and criticize because we're the sons of God. He said that we may be blameless and harmless without rebuke. So if there's going to be rebuking that goes on, um, and, and that word rebuke means a blemish, but if there's going to be rebuking going on, who's going to do that? Well, the Lord will rebuke us. But also he said that word rebuke is not only uh, means to correct, but also to have a blemish. So on our record, then we have a blemish, right? We want to have a record without spot and blemish, right? We want to be the church without spot and blemish. But he said, if, if we're caught doing these things, now who's going to catch us? It's the Lord, right? No, it's not each other. Now, you know, a lot of times each other, you know, when people start complaining about somebody, I just won't say anything, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember years ago, uh, and, and uh, you know, I say this almost with a little bit of shame, uh, but I remember when I was with my pastor, and we would have guest ministers come in. And they would, you know, whoever would come in. And then uh, when they would leave, like the next service, my pastor would say something and, and he would basically open it up for, for comments. But the point of it was to criticize that minister. And they, would start, they got into a habit of they do that almost every minister would come. They would say, what'd you all think about so-and-so last week? But it wasn't just like, I mean, you know, I've asked you about that all the time, right? You know, what do you all think about uh, Dr. Hutton? You know, well, he did a great job. They didn't do a great job, right? Well, I, that one verse he used, it really wasn't in context. You know, he should have used a different verse. You know, the Greek of that, it, it, it wasn't. Uh, you know, because if, if that's my intent, that's what you all got to respond with. But you all know my intent is not to criticize, so I wouldn't put up with you all criticizing him, someone, because you know, my response would be like, and this is what my response was when they were doing that. I'm thinking, I'm back in the Sabbath booth, and I'm thinking, this person, this minister has given up everything for the Lord. They've given up their job and their home and, you know, their family life and uh, to, to travel all the time. You know, Dr. Hutton travels, he said, 40 to 45 weeks a year. That means he's only at his house, you know, six or eight weeks a, a year, right? Every, every weekend other than that, he's on the road somewhere, flying or driving, flying or driving. He doesn't have a private airplane. He has to get on commercial flights and you know, to get from here to there, it's, you know, you got to, it takes a while. Even with commercial flights, it takes a while. So what has he given up for the, for the ministry? A lot more than most people will ever give up for the Lord, right? A lot of inconveniences, you know, and that's what got uh, Brother Hagin in trouble uh, after he left his last uh, church as a pastor. He was on the road for a year, and he, and he, he got tired of it. And he didn't want to do it anymore, and, and he was missing his family and his kids, and he just, he called up all his, all his uh, schedule and said, hey, I'm going back to being a pastor, cancel all these meetings. And he canceled them all, went back to being a pastor for like a week until the Lord got a hold of him, and he nearly died. He got out of the will of God, nearly died. Uh, and not the Lord didn't kill him, but his sin nearly killed him because he got out of the will of God. And he gave up, and, you know, being with his, with his son and his daughter. Uh, and, and so these people are criticizing this minister over some verse or some word that they use. And look, you know, I remember there was a minister that would come on a regular basis to my pastor, and he, he loved $64 words, you know. Just, I mean, lot, it wasn't just one. It was like a whole string. You know, by the time he got done, it was thousands of dollars worth of words, right? Uh, and, he'd, and my pastor even went to him and said, hey, can you use some maybe, you know, 59-cent words on occasion? Because, you know, everybody's not educated like you, right? And, and so, uh, you know, don't use all these 
and it was really, he couldn't do it. He came back the next year, used a bunch of $64 words, you know. Now, I can't imagine a pastor telling me as a traveling minister, hey, you know, would you, uh, could you use these kinds of words and just, no, I'm going to keep using these big words to, make, to be fancy and, yeah, and uh, impress people, you know. And maybe it was a character flaw, I don't know. I don't know why he did that, right? But still, uh, you know, so it wasn't like all the ministers were perfect, uh, but there's a difference between observing, wow, you know, maybe that could have been done better, and criticizing, amen? And so it, the church, and they, people started criticizing, you know, and I mean, a dozen people would say, yeah, I don't really think, you know, not that spiritual. And, and it just, it broke my heart because I'm thinking, what have you given up for the Lord? What have you laid down in your life that you, that you love, like your home or your family or, or your, the town you grew up in or Whatever it is, what have you laid down for the Lord? Remember Jesus told uh, Peter, Peter said, Lord, we've given up everything for you. And Jesus said, if you've given up anything for me or the gospel's sake, it'll be re- returned to you a hundredfold in this life. And I'm thinking these people hadn't given up anything for the Lord. They get to go to the nine to five job, come home to their families, watch TV, go to bed, rinse and repeat. I mean, you know, and that's not even to criticize them for doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people having a regular job and their regular life, right? There's nothing wrong with that. The Lord's not called everybody to travel and to, to give up things, you know. Some people need to be at church on a regular, they need to be at the same church for 50 years, you know. And I talked to a, a, a friend of ours not long ago. They've been going to the same church for 45 years. 45 years, can you believe that? That's nearly a miracle right there, right? You know, and, and that's right up there with raising the dead. Uh, and so, uh, so he said that, that we need to be without blemish, so it's a, it's a spot on our record when we start complaining and murmuring, right? So, so the, the issue with verse 14 is verse 15. Uh, he said, because, he said, we are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. What does a crooked and perverse nation do? They criticize, right? They murmur. You know, uh, look, this is not a political statement, but when, when President Trump was a president, I never understood the hatred people had for him. I mean, yeah, he sent out mean tweets, and, you know, my opinion is I kind of liked him. You know, uh, some people didn't like him. No problem. You know, you don't like him. No problem. But I never, I mean, you look at where the economy was and where the job market was and where uh, uh, the energy sector was and just any, any natural measurements, you know, Samaki is doing a pretty good job to me. And, there's not, and, and look, even if you disagree with that, the hatred that the people had for him, I mean, just, just the hatred, just the words, you know, he's the worst. And I'd say, and people would say that, I'd say, and, and I was trying to debate. I'd say, well, well, what about him that you hate so much? Just tell me one thing you hate about him, besides the tweets, right? But just one thing, and I understand. He, look, I, I believe the church was way out of order when it came to Donald, uh, President Donald Trump because we act like he was a second coming of Lord Jesus, and he's not a man that I would model my life after, right? He, you know, he, the things he did with women, I would never do, right? Being married multiple times, you know, I'm not going to do that. What he talked, you know, some of the things he said about I mean, look, he's not perfect. No doubt, I haven't met any perfect president, and, and some of those things were, you know, I believe beyond the pale. And, and, but the hatred, and, you know, the problem is that's where we live. We live in a crooked and perverse nation. And right now, it's like you can't do anything in this nation with, without them hating on you. I mean, if you just said, I'm a Christian, they'll hate you just for saying that. Well, then you hate it. You hate, you hate Jews and you hate homosexuals and you hate transgender that obviously you hate all those people and we're going to pick at you and you don't, you have no right to to be in this world uh you're wrong you know just because I disagree with you doesn't mean you know I'm a bad person but uh you know this cricket and perverse nation hates you they hate all of you right they everyone that's sitting in this church right now that world hates you right now just because you sit in this church and it's not just just it's not this church it's all churches right because we are living in a, in a crooked and perverse nation, right? But every nation is crooked and perverse. There are no godly nations, you know, except for the Lord's nation. That's, you know, his nation's the only good nation. Uh, but that's what we're living in. So th- what Paul is saying, we can't be like them. We can't be like them because we need to show the goodness, right? And so even though, uh, you know, and I know, look, e- even people I associate with cannot call President Biden, President Biden. Well, he ain't my president. He's my president for four years, you know. Now, if I don't like him, I can vote somebody else, you know. But he's still my president. I can honor him, respect him as president. Even if I disagree with everything he does, you know. And I may mean, agree with everything he does. It doesn't matter. But whether I agree with anything he does or everything he does, he's still my president. 
and I can and I can say that and, and not and not you know I could be honest about it. He's my president, and for for that I will pray for him. The Bible says pray for those in authority. It didn't say pray for the good ones in authority. Pray for the ones you like in authority. Pray for the ones you agree with in authority. It's pray for those in authority. Uh, and and we can't be like the world. We can't be like well if I disagree with him, you know I hate him. Well that's in error, right? Because Paul said that we will be. Uh, uh, we will have a blemish on our record. He didn't say that they are that they are uh, un, uh, that they are perfect and that there's nothing to criticize. He 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 said it's got nothing to do with them. It doesn't matter whether they're perfect or imperfect. It's got nothing to do. That's not got anything to do with it. It's got, what, what's in your heart, right? What are you allowed to do? Uh, and so, because because if, if we're not if we can't pray for President Biden, what good are we? I mean, you know, why are we in the church? Because the world's not praying for him. They're not hoping the best for him. You've got one camp that, that wants the best for him, one camp that wants to bury him. Well, why, why, do we, why, we, why, is we, why do we in the church want to pick one of their camps in the world, that perverse and crooked nation? Why can't we be the church? Say, so it doesn't matter who's in the White House. We'll pray for them. We'll ask the Lord to bless them, give them wisdom, protect them, watch over him. Because doesn't he need wisdom? Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter if you agree with, it, with everything he does or not. He, the man needs Everybody in the White House needs wisdom. Amen. Uh, and so uh, now Paul said this is where we are. We are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. And so he's, he's encouraging us, don't be like them. Don't be like the people out there that were so hateful. And I've never seen it. I mean, I saw it with, with uh, you know, because the media, you know, they tend to love their people and they don't like anybody else. You know, I saw it with, with um, the Bushes when they were in power, you know, and how unkind they were to George Bush and George Bush and, uh, and unkind they were to, you know, uh, to Ronald Reagan. And, you know, I don't really much, I, I mean, I remember the, you know, Gerald Ford before that and Richard Nixon before that. And I guess in between all that was, was uh, 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 Carter, right? Uh, Jim, President Jimmy Carter. Uh, but I wasn't really aware of, you know, things as much back then until, uh, until about the high school when, um, uh, when Ronald Reagan was in, was in office. Um, the whole point of it is, is we don't have to be like the world. Amen. And we should not be like the world because we are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. So we shouldn't use the same tactics that they use. Well, if my guy's in the, in the White House, then I, then I sing the praises of him. But if my guy's not in the White House, he's the worst. You know, he, he's a, you know, you know, I can't stand him. And I've heard some of the most unkind things said about every president. Uh, now, look, again, could we have a conversation about things we disagree with? It about the well, maybe you know it depends on, on where your heart's at, right? Uh, see, I could have a conversation about you know, well, what about this or that, you know, without having to be critical and, and condemning and and uh, um, murmuring about these things. Uh, but everybody can't do that, right? So there's, so some people I can't ever talk to about anything, whether we agree with it about it or not, because as soon as we start talking, they'll immediately go to criticism. And so we got to leave it alone, right? Because so, are we in the midst of a perverse and crooked nation? Uh, well, that's now. See, Paul was writing this uh, to the to the Philippians, and you know, uh, they're in Macedonia. I don't know anything about the the, the uh, that area of the world at that time, uh, but as long as the world exists, every every nation is crooked and perverse, right? It, it's the, the, until the Lord comes back. This is the same same way it is for every every nation, right? Uh, and he says, and he says at the end of it. So he does give us some hope at the end of it. He says, "Among whom you shine as lights in the world." So, so we as the church are supposed to be different. You know, if someone if someone says, "Well, you know, can you believe you know what Donald Trump did about this?" You know, we could say, "Well, you know, yeah, that's a shame that uh, that, that happened." You know, let, let's pray for him. You want to? <laughs> so, uh, that probably caused some people to just uh, uh, explode their little minds, right? Or Joe Biden, uh, President Joe Biden says something, you know. And I don't even, to be honest, I don't even like calling him Joe Biden, you know, because he's President Joe Biden. He's President Biden, right? Because a lot of times people will not include the, the title in order to, to dishonor somebody, right? Now, you could say Joe Biden without dishonoring him, but, but many times people will say that with the intent of dishonoring somebody, right? Uh, well, I'm not going to call him by his, by his title. He's not my president, um, there's this inconvenient thing called the Constitution that says he is your president, right? It doesn't matter if you like him or not. You know, he's still your president. Well, I think the election was stolen. Well, you know, it, it's irrelevant at this point in the game, right? It, 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 here we are. We're here right now. This is where we are, right? It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. 
We're right here today. Uh, and so uh, are you required to like and approve of everything every president does? Well, you're not required to like and approve of everything. That's why if, if, if you liked and approved of everything, what would you need to pray for about? Well, what, what would there be to, there'd be nothing to pray about, right? So if they're doing things that are ungodly or things that are not right, you know, I mean, I think, think I mean, it's just amazing to me that within the last month that we overturned uh, Roe, Roe versus Wade, right? And that it's no longer a national blight, you know, upon our, our nation that we legalize the killing of children. And look, you can argue whatever you want to, but, uh, you know, when it's inconvenient for my life, and so, uh, I mean, it'd be like, you know, uh, uh, you know, my, my, my wife, you know, uh, car broke down. So, you know, that's really inconvenient. So I just stuff a pillow in her head and get rid of her. I mean, what's the difference, right? It's, it, you know, this child in my, in, in my body is inconvenient, so I'm going to stuff a pillow in his head. And that's kind, because if you really knew how they aborted children, it's, it's awful. It's devilish, right, how they actually do it, the actual the process they go about. And to think that we've actually been able to get that turned over in a peaceful way without a revolution is amazing, right? Uh, and yet... Uh, they're, they're now pushing, trying to legalize it again, right, uh, at the federal level. And I'm thankful that our state, you know, fortunately we live in, in a, a godly state to some extent that we're not going to approve of that. And look, and, and the nuances of that, it, it, it's not important. It's just um, there's things to pray about, right? Do we agree with everything in the country? No. So then that means there's things to pray about, right? Because we live in a crooked and perverse nation. And he said, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. So we should be a bright spot. When people start going down that path of, of criticizing and, and dishonoring uh, those in leadership, he didn't say that, that it's required for them to be godly people and perfect people before we pray for them. In fact, if they're ungodly people, they need double our prayers. Amen. It's a godly people at least to listen to God. Amen. Uh, and so he said, among whom, so among this perverse nation, we shine as lights of the world. So that's our job. You know, we, are, we are a light set on a hill. Amen. Uh, and we shouldn't be uh, covered. And, you know, the world is always trying to get the church to shut up, right? The world is always trying to get the church to be quiet and not say that we should live godly, not saying we should quit doing all the sin. Well, we should quit doing all the sin. But really, our job is to pray that out. It's not to, not to legalize or, or legislate morality, right? We can't legislate morality. We can't demand that they love God, for example, right? Well, how are you going to prove that? How are you going to legislate that? We can never do that, so our job is to pray. Our job is not to pick it and have, you know, what they do, right? They pick it and they, they you know, if they knew everything we believed in here, they'd be picking our church, right? Problem is they'd have to pick at all the churches. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, we're not, we're not for all those evil things. Uh, and, and on occasion, we'll may mention some of those specific things because they're mentioned in the Word of God. Things like homosexuality is mentioned in the Word of God several times, right? So if it's mentioned several times in the Word of God, probably okay to mention it in the, in the church, right? Uh, and so, but the thing we're supposed to do is whatever we mention is we're supposed to do it as lights of the world. Amen. You know, I hear even in the church many times, ministers will get in the pulpit and they'll preach so hard against specific sins and condemn everybody that's ever done that sin to hell and just be so mean about it, so hateful about it almost. I think, how do you line up with, that with, the, with, the, with the word of God? Yeah, Paul says don't do these things. And should we do them? Well, we shouldn't do them, right? But should we not have compassion on those that are doing it? I mean, for God so loved the whole world, that's what motivated him to come. It wasn't to condemn the world. It was to love the world. They need our help. People in a church that are not doing right, they need our help. People in a world that are not doing right, they need our help. We need to show them as the light of the gospel that there's a better way. Amen? Uh, and, so, and so Paul is saying that, you know, you've got to be careful because you can be found to be in blame. You can be found to be to harming other people. You could be found to, to have a blemish on your record, uh, worthy of being rebuked. Um, and, and he said, just remember your position. Your position is the light of the world. Right? We being light of the world. Amen. See, uh, uh, people ought to be able to hear you say kind things or at least talk kindly about any president, whether you agree with them or not, whether it's got an R or a D after their name. Yeah, they ought to be able to hear you say kind things. Well, you know, I mean, you know, Donald Trump, well, he's got a nice big airplane. I mean, you know, you can find something nice about him, right? Uh, he really likes brass. I'm not a big fan, right? But he, had, he bought a lot of brass over his year, right? You know, see his hotels, they're all gaudy, you know, bought a bunch of brass in there. Uh, I wouldn't like it, uh, but, um, but he likes it, right? And so uh, President Biden, well, he can ride a bike. You know, he's 80-something years old. He can still ride a bike, you know? Uh, and so, 
That's impressive. I think it's impressive, right? Uh, and, and it's not that you have to ignore things, right? We're not saying to ignore things, but you, we, are, we are the light of the world. That means we are required to be different than the world. We shouldn't look like the world. We shouldn't sound like the world. We shouldn't act like the world about things, you know, that even that we disagree with them about. Uh, I can disagree with anybody about anything, but I, have a, I could have a conversation with anybody about any topic. Even if we are polar opposites, I could have an adult conversation with anybody in the church, out of the church, anybody about any topic and not get mad about it, right? Well, you know, all you, all you Christian people, you're all, you know, there's no such thing as God. Whatever, you know. I don't believe in Jesus. Not my problem, you know. Nobody died for my sins. Oh, you admit that there's sins. So you admit that there's some absolute uh, law that says this is right and this is wrong. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to debate with foolish people and things, but, you know, people get, people get worked up about the craziest things in the church. I had somebody one time come out and show me a printout where somebody on the internet said something unkind about God. And they were so mad about it. And I'm thinking, that, that's it? Somebody you don't even know said something unkind about the Lord? I mean, you know, and they were all torp about it. And I'm thinking, we've got to be the light of the world. You know, I don't have to, oh yeah, well, your mama, right? Oh yeah, well, you'll probably die and burn in hell. That really showed them, right? Uh, and so... No, we are the light of the world. That means we, have, we bring the light of God, right? The light that we have comes from God, right? He lights every man that comes within the world. That light is talking about our spirit man, right? We are the light of the world. The, our spirits in us that are, that are born again by the Lord provides light to the world. And, of course, the world thinks that they'd be better off with the church, but they'd never be better off without light. Uh, we are the light of the world. Without us, there's only darkness in the world. And the, the thing that we have to be careful of is we don't need to look like the rest of the darkness. We don't need to sound like the rest of the darkness. We, we need to sound like the light of the world. You know, think about, uh, you step back for a second and just think what the Lord thinks about these things. If he loved the whole world, you think he loves the person you disagree with? He'd have to, right? Because if he loves the whole world, he, did, he loves the person you disagree with. You think he loves the worst person in the world? You think he loves the worst sinner? the person who's done the worst things in the world. Yeah, he loves them. If he loves them, then what's our requirement? We've got to love them. Now, does the Lord approve of everything he's ever done? No. Does the Lord actually hand people over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh? He does, but the, the only ones that I ever see that he's ever done that is people in a church. Paul did it you know, a couple, a couple times. The Lord said he did that uh, sometimes that he'll hand people over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirits be saved in the day of judgment. That's what 1 Corinthians chapter 5 says. Uh, but that's reserved for the church because you can hand somebody over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because you know they're going to heaven. So, you, so to keep them from losing heaven, the Lord allows them to get checked out early. But the world, you don't pray for them. You know, there's some people, you know, they shouldn't be on the earth. They've allowed, they, they followed the devil so much, they need to be removed off the earth, you know, and, and they'll end up in eternity in hell and, it's unfortunate, but they've caused so much harm to the rest of the world. Some people do need to be removed from the earth. I'm not that judge. You know, that's not for me. That's for other people to decide that. Uh, and I'm not opposed to that. But th for the most part, you know, I don't think everything requires capital punishment. You know, jaywalking to the gallows for you. I, mean, I just crossed the street the wrong way. You know, it's not required a capital punishment for that. Uh, you know, we, 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 our job is to be the light of the world if we disagree with them all. Amen. Uh, our job is not to murmur and to criticize and to, and to gossip about these people. Our job is to pray for them. And again, uh, that, that's not to say we can't ever have a conversation about things. Amen. Uh, we don't have to stick our head in the sand and just, and we don't have to make excuses. Well, they're just having a hard day. And, you know, you don't have to excuse any actions. You can look at it and say, well, that's just wrong. According to the word of God, that's just wrong. Right? Now, we, we have to be careful is if the word of God doesn't say it's about something that we leave it alone. You know, you can't judge another man's heart. Well, I know what they did, but I don't, they didn't do it for the right reason. Well, how do you know? You know, you don't know. So if you don't know, you've got to leave it alone. Uh, that, and that's really the best thing, you know. Of course, what did Jesus say in, in, in um, was it uh, in Matthew chapter 7? Uh, judge not, lest you be judged. Right? Uh, we've got to be careful about standing in judgment over other people. And criticizing is standing in other judgment. Well, they're, what they're doing is just wrong. You know, you just, you got to be careful about those things. Amen. Uh, now, look, if you want to roll the dice, say it, say on, right? Speak on. 
but I don't, I'm not interested in rolling the dice. So, so what Paul is telling us here is just be careful because we don't need to look like the world. We don't need to sound like the world. We need to sound like the church. Amen. Uh, yeah, I disagree with, with President so-and-so. Okay, well, what are you doing about it? Well, I'm praying for them. I, I ask the Lord to show them wisdom every day, to grant unto them understanding every day that their actions will cause harm to the people. Uh, and, I mean, if that's the case, we got a lot of praying to do, right? A lot of things being done in the government, and that's been going on forever, right? I mean, uh, uh, every Republican, Democrat for the last 50 years has spent money like a drunken sailor, right? Probably 70 years, really, since World War II. We all spend money like drunken sailors and... I mean, that's not good fiscal policy, right? Republicans, Democrats are all doing the same thing. And there's not really much difference, you know, except for the big ticket items. You know, they all love to spend money, right? Uh, they all love to have their little pet projects. And uh, there's a lot of praying that we need to do for those things. Now, see, I can say that, but there's no criticism in my heart. It's just an observation. That's obviously what's going on, right? Uh, when you're bringing in $2 trillion, that's not enough. How can bringing in $2 trillion a year not enough to spend, right? I got to spend $4 trillion, but you just got $2 trillion. You know what a trillion dollars is? That's more money than, than, than everybody, right? Except for the Lord Jesus himself. And the Lord Jesus is like, yeah, you know, that's a lot of money, right? You know, I mean, it probably cost a trillion dollars to just pay the, you know, the streets of gold in heaven. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and that's not to say that it compares with the Lord at all, I know, but, uh, but the, it seemed like there's something wrong with that. Well, that's every president, every congressman, Republican, Democrat, independent, all the above, spending money like crazy, right? And that's not good policy to... Uh, and again, this is not a policy debate, you know, that just, uh, we can look at that and go, well, yeah, that's clearly not right. We shouldn't spend more money than we make, you know. Uh, it would be better if we would, if we would have some constraint. And so that way we can help people without having to go in debt about it, right? Because I'm fine with the, with the government helping people. Uh, and so uh, to an extent, you know, unless it gets out of, out of, out of order there. So, so Paul is saying here, that this is the reason why we don't need to complain and to gripe uh, and to murmur about people is because we are supposed to be blameless and harmless. We are the sons of God. We don't want any blemishes in our, on our record uh, because the, we're in the midst of people that are already doing those things. A crooked and perverse nation, they are criticizing. They are murmuring. So he said that you're in the midst of them. Don't sound like them. Don't look like them, right? Uh, among whom that we shine as lights in the world. We need to be different from them. You know, people start just ra- uh, railing against whatever, Whatever policy, you know. Now, look, I understand, you know, for me, uh, if, if innocent people are harmed, that really bothers me, right? I just, I, I just really have a hard time with that. Uh, and, you know, if there's righteous anger, you know, that's fine. But you've got to be careful of faking it, right? You've got to be careful about, oh, you know, I'm righteously angry about, you know, the, the 27% tax bracket. I, probably not so, you know. Do you even know what that means? Uh, and so uh, be careful about these things, Amen. Because the Lord's our, he's our judge, amen? Uh, we are the lights of the world. Uh, and, uh, and really, uh, we're just going to add the first part of verse 16 here because really the first part of verse 16 should have gone into the end of verse 15. Because you remember the verse, these were not written in book, chapter, verse, right? These, and so somebody decided it should be split here, but I think that was not quite right because you should read it as, we are in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life. So, so we hold the, the word of life, right? The Zoe word of life to the world. And that's what we bring them is the word of life. So we don't bring them our criticisms, our complaints, our murmuring, our griping, all of those things. We bring them the word of life and say, uh, well, well, God established all authority. Because w- what people don't appreciate a lot of times is the reason why people rail against any president or any, a- any authority because there is a spirit in the world that wants complete chaos, that wants no authority, that wants no constraints on their life to do whatever they want to. You know, there, there was a, um, a bridge, I was reading about this earlier, there's a bridge that just opened up, I think it was in Los Angeles, they spent $600 million on this bridge, and they had to close it down within two weeks because a bunch of lawless people were just going doing crazy things. Said somebody was just in the middle of this bridge, you know, it's like a six-lane bridge, cutting hair, just to show that they can just do something stupid and foolish, right? just to show that they, that they are, have no constraints whatsoever. And that's what they're trying to get to, right? All these people that get arrested and get released immediately, they're trying to do away with all authority. Why? Because then they can rule and reign however they want to and become um, uh, rulers in their own might, right? And it's the same attitude that, na- that the nation of Israel had. But our job is that we hold forth the word of life. 
right? We hold the Word of God, the, the Bible, what the Bible says, and that is an absolute. There's no wiggle room. It's an absolute. Amen? Uh, and, and that's our job. So all of these things, you know, verse 14, 15, and the first part of 16, all are tied together. And this is why, right? Our job is to bring the gospel. Our job is not to hook up with the world, because sometimes the church thinks, well, if they're complaining, I need to complain with them to let them know that I'm with, I'm with them. You know, I'm, I, I feel your pain, brother. You know, I mean, I know there's a, uh, all the disagreement about things, but more than likely there's a recession going on right now in America. I choose not to participate. I'm the light of the world, right? I'm not going to participate. Uh, two years ago, there was a pandemic. I choose not to participate. So it doesn't matter what's going on. I choose not to participate. I choose to participate in God's economy, in God's health system, and not the world's. So I don't have to, I don't have to jump on the bandwagon and sound like the world, you know, to, to, you know, to oh, I feel your pain. Uh, here's a way out of your pain. I'm, the, I'm bringing you the light of the world and the light of the gospel, right? The, the, uh, the way he said it, I am holding forth the word of life. So when, when you complain and murmur, you know, the Lord loves uh, President Joe Biden just like he loves me. You know, the Lord loves President Joe Biden just as much as he loved President Donald Trump, right? You know, I know people are like, there's no way. Yes way. That, that's, it's so, amen? Well, I don't agree with that. I didn't write the Bible, you know. He, God so loved the whole world, right? So that means he loves all of us, amen? The same way. So our job is to hold forth the word of life uh, and to not sound like the world, right? Not join on the bandwagon of, of these murmuring complaining because it seems like it's, it's uh, when somebody gets stoked about, about somebody in particular that the next guy has to do it twice as much. And it gets to, to the point where it's, it's mob, right? I mean, all these mobs around all the Supreme, Supreme Court justices' houses and this insanity of the lawlessness going on in, in our country and around the world, it's, it's crazy, right? Uh, and it's because the church is not doing the job of holding the ho- holding uh, uh, holding forth the word of life, right? That's what he said. That we hold forth the word of life, and that's our job. Is if the Bible says not not complain and murmur and gripe about these things, then that's our job, amen. So that we can show them the light of the true gospel, that God loves them all, and God desires them all to do well, uh, and if they're not doing well, then we pray for them to do well, to have wisdom and understanding, amen. Are you required to like and agree with everything every politician's ever decided to do? No. In fact, it's pretty slim that we can find a lot of things we can agree with, right? <laughs> that, uh, you know, that, but that's why we pray, amen? Uh, and so, but we can do that. And now, the reason why we can do that is because we're sons of God. We have the capacity to do that. We have the ability to do that, amen? We don't have to sound like the world, look like the world, and, and be like the world. We can be like the sons of God because we are sons of God, amen? And so... Uh, so let's just, let's just uh, pray and we'll thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you uh, for your word. And Father, we thank you that you not only encourage us about what to do, Father, you, you show us the value in us not doing those things. We don't want to bring any harm to anybody. We don't want to have any blemish in our lives, Father. We are the sons of God. And so, therefore, Father, we can be the carriers of the light of the gospel, Father, holding forth the words of life. Uh, because the only answer for the world is the church, Father. Even if they don't know it, even if they don't believe it, Father, it's still so. The only answer for this country is the church. The only answer for any government uh, organization in the earth, Father, is your church, the sons of God. And so, Lord, we are the carriers of that word. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? All hearts and minds clear, right? Uh, we can do better, can't we? we? And we will do better because the Lord, uh, you know, in these verses, I'm not condemned by any of these verses. It just encourages me to do better. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, so that's, that's the nice thing about the verse-to-verse study. You've got to cover everything, right? We don't have to ignore certain things that maybe we're not really good at. We can talk about it and, and get better at it. Amen. Uh, and so, because uh, uh, last time I checked, uh, none of us are perfect, right? Uh, but we can do better, and, so, and the Lord is good. So come ahead, Mr. Jared. We'll get ready to receive this evening's offering. Um, and so there's nothing going on this weekend, right? So, um, and then uh, next week is August, right? So, and school starts, right? Uh, I think school starts uh, in college a little bit later than it does for the... the, the this Friday or next Friday? Is when public schools start? Wow. Yeah, wow. That's amazing, right? So we'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, 
And somewhere along the way, they decided, you know, we're not going we're, we're to work quite as hard in college. So um, they uh, start later and get out earlier, you know. And so, but it's pretty intense in between there, right? And so uh, that's all right. Uh, all right, praise God. Well, the Lord is good, amen. And uh, we appreciate his goodness and kindness. And uh, have a wonderful uh, rest of your week. We'll see you all on Sunday, right?